hey, 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 Earl, it's it's Jedi from next door. Are you are you home? Oh, hey there, Jedi. Come on in. Come on in. Oh, oh, okay. I just heard heard some of that hip hop music. Is that was that coming from your house? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey let me. You know what? It's been a while. We we need to we need to hang out, hang out a little bit. Let me throw on a record. Okay. We were born on two paths. We strayed. What? One stage. What is this? Oh, that's that. That's that outcast. That's that outcast. That's that equimini. Equi- what? Who? Yeah, that equimini get in your bones. That outcast get in your bones. Uh, Big boy, Andre. Uh, what? What happened to you on that trip? You. Are you smoking Newports? Yeah. Um, keep me going. Keep me going strong, you know. Okay. It's my it's my brand now. It feels more at home. Well, Brandy wanted me to see if you had the casserole dish we lent you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that before I left. Uh, open up the fridge in there. Open up the fridge. Go on there at the country crock. Country crack tub. Should be some black eyed peas what? in there. What? You know black eyed peas. I know you're gonna love them. What, what, what happened to green beans? My people brought them over on the con- from the continent. Huh? Which continent are you? Europe? Oh, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I mean, since I'm in the fridge, you mind if I get something to drink? Yeah, 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 right below that uh, should be some Kool Aid. Should be great. Kool Aid? What? Yeah, yeah, that grape Kool Aid. Everybody like that. I love it. Okay, I think I'm just get 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 out the fridge. Come on, come on, sit down by old Earl. Chat my ear up a little bit. Oh, what? 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 Is this a new couch? It's got the plastic on it. You you, you might want to take that off. You know. Same old couch. This couch don't know where you've been. Oh. Okay. Or I, I think I hear my wife calling. I'm just gonna go, go, go on now. Don't let me. Don't let me keep you. I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Next time, don't come around in the middle of the afternoon. I'm watching my stories. Gotta watch days. Good old General Hospital. Yeah. I'm gonna sit back. <laughs> You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. This is a podcast where we deconstruct these rights over films and recontextualize them through a black and POC lens. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other Cameron Mason. And we've got a movie today <laughs> that so the the whole story is this is the movie, if you recall all the way back to the black or white uh episode that we did with my sister and Cameron's sister. This is the movie she thought we Was were gonna the, watch. Yeah. <laughs> and she ended up watching the actual movie but then she was like oh like i thought that robert duvall and james earl jones were going to be in this and it was just kevin costner um (laughs) (laughs) not that we didn't um, want him there 
I was mean, that the movie where he had like the the black granddaughter? Yes, you got it. Okay, <laughs> okay, didn't watch that, but you shouldn't shouldn't have watched it. It's not not a thing that you need <laughs> to see. Um, but we are we are joined today by a guest that we're so excited and so honored to have on talking with us. You might know her from so many things, whether it's her poetry and her time on uh, Deaf Poetry Jam, mm. whether it's her public speaking. Whether it's her acclaimed novel, I'm telling the truth, but I'm lying, or just from Twitter, because you know, while it's still here, we got to get these get these jokes off, get these takes off. That's right. It's uh, the countdown, <laughs> final but, countdown, final days. But we're we're so excited to be joined today by uh, Basi Aqui. Basi, thank Hi. you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. For sure. Yeah, we 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 have fun. You know, we talk <laughs> about some things, uh, but we like to have a good time. But we we definitely want to start off by asking you this, just because. Um, you know, for our listeners and, and definitely in the times that we're living in, which are chaotic and crazy, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of your work definitely has surrounded, you know, the space of mental health, but also, you know, healing and kind of finding your way in your journey through that. Uh, and I was wondering, you know, just for the people listening who may be going through some things, whether it's, you know, on account of the still ongoing pandemic, whether it's on account of just, just random chaos going on in not only this country but the world just when you you know reflect on your journey and think about both your you know creative journey but also just life in general like what are some of the things that have kind of helped you not only maintain when things seem to be getting a little bit hectic but also you know when you when you're kind of feeling like man i don't know what to do like what are some of the things that you've you've turned to that have kind of helped you get through those moments um, well, on a, I guess, spiritual, metaphorical, I don't know, um, words, uh, I, I, I rely on grace a lot, grace for myself and grace for others, because a lot of the things that tend to disrupt our emotional and mental state um, comes from outside of us, or they're outside that infects, the, that infects, that, that afflicts the inside. So mm-hmm having grace for the fact that you're going to have bad days. Some things are going to bother you. Um, Other people are going to have bad days and those bad days are going to affect you uh, negatively. But knowing that walking through life, knowing that everyone is doing the best that they possibly can, even if they're not, but just, (laughs) you know, thinking that they are and allowing them the space to do that. And um, it just sort of helps me, understand number one that i'm not alone in the world Mm. and the way that i behave affects other people therefore Mm -hmm. the way that other people behave will affect me and knowing that when i'm not at my best the things that i'm going through i think about when somebody else is not at their best what they might be going through that's what that's what's helped me sort of because i know i can't control anything other than my reaction right exactly you know i can't control what the world does or what's going on anywhere else except for how i choose to react to it um, if I have a difficult time reacting kindly or reacting well, that means that there is a a call that needs to go to my therapist or, you know, my meds need to change. But for the most part, if I am able to um, move through the world, allowing grace and uh, kindness, it, it usually helps make things a little bit, at least it makes it a little bit mm. easier to see the thing as opposed right. to react to the thing. In well, short. And, yeah, for sure. And especially in our in our community where I think on on, you know, one hand, we're still 
coming to the space of, you know, reflecting upon our, our mental health and, you know, just our journey as black people, but also like sometimes aren't afforded grace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. aren't many times, and, but, but are still expected to be graceful, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. moments where we, we kind of have to decompartmentalize, you know, certain interactions that we have with people where like, it's not even necessarily that you have to take things because obviously like that is, you know, not necessarily the right way. And, and oftentimes it's okay to push back in certain instances, mm-hmm. but absolutely, oftentimes, you know, like at your job, let's say <laughs> there's, there's certain tact that you might have to take. Um, and then, you know, just afterwards, maybe just, you know, go, go to the gym, join a boxing class or something and kind of get that energy out <laughs> another yeah, way. I, you know, Boxing is also a thing. Well, one of the things that, that, that for me lately has been important is the way the ways in which black men aren't afforded the grace to go through whatever they're going through as far as their mental health. And uh, I have a son who's uh, 15. He's about to be 16 uh, next week. Oof. Um, but I also, I think about the way that the response to him has changed now that he's older and he's, you know, he's a soccer player, like varsity soccer. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's an athlete. Like he's got that swag. He's not the little boy anymore. And I see the way that the world has changed, how they react and respond to him Mm -hmm. and knowing that he's the sweetest kid in the world and trying to figure out how the sweet kid that all these black boys are, were get turned into something else. And I think a lot of that has to do with not giving grace and and and, and room to, to make the mistakes that everybody else makes without having those mistakes become tattooed as a part of you. Um, and then feel like you have to grow into the mistake because that's what people already think, so. For sure. Well, yeah. definitely, yeah. I mean, we always advise people, uh, you know, look out for themselves, but look out for each other. You know, people in your community, if you see people who are, either having a hard time and you know oftentimes again you know what we what we often are are told or taught is to kind of just like hold strong you know and Mm -hmm. and get through whatever this moment is but like like you were saying sometimes grace and just a little bit of kindness goes a long way or you know just little acts of kindness can can certainly help people um even if they don't know that they need it you know so just just being uh aware of of not only yourself and your needs but you know like when you're when you're feeling your best and you're feeling strong then you can also reciprocate that for others just a little white people would save you mental health corner (laughs) talk (laughs) Uh, but before we we get into this week's movie just a just i want to real quick thoughts because when i reached out to you initially you came back almost immediately with made in america (laughs) movie that you wanted to talk about and unfortunately we had already like literally i think maybe a few days before scheduled that movie with somebody else but just in your recollection of that film because we i think both saw it for the first time for this show and what a wild movie it is but like does that was that a movie that you had seen maybe not even in theaters but just like i know it was a movie that played a lot too on tv yeah i think i saw it on tv i don't remember seeing it in in the movies um Number one, it was the Fresh Prince. Yeah. So, uh, as a child of the '80s, that goes without saying. You watch anything with Will Smith, uh, with Fresh Prince in it. Um, it was just weird because I'd never. I think we weren't really seeing a lot of like interracial black woman, white man, uh, 
uh, movies or mm -hmm. anything like that. They're usually the other way around. There was that. Mm -hmm. uh, Nia Long didn't look <laughs> biracial to me. It was a whole bunch of things, but it was a funnish movie. It did make a whole bunch of sense, but it was fun. Yeah. It, it, I remember it making me laugh for some reason. <laughs> well, speaking of not looking biracial, let's talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell everybody what movie we watched this week and just kind of your general like first memories of the film or like what 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 drew you to it so okay the the movie is uh, a fa a family thing starring robert duvall and james earl jones and i remember i remember the same thing that i felt which is like well, how come he gets to be, he gets the redemption arc? How come it's the Black people who have to, like, prove that they're not racist <laughs> when he's throwing around the N-word like it's freaking cotton candy or, I don't know. But, like, it was, it was, it was, I didn't remember it that, that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. Message! <laughs> right, but also, like, I think just as a premise, and we will get into it, like, it is... Again, a very '90s thing this where just like Made in America, <laughs> there's some weird, you know, as like growing up in the '90s. I guess maybe it was I wasn't as hyper aware of it, but we even had like Disney Channel movies that were like in in the what was the one? It was like something Harmony. Um, I think you're talking where, about the Color of Friendship. The one about the South Friendship. African. Girl. Yeah, yeah, you know, like these movies that are that are about racial reconciliation and like seeing the other side. Yeah, but then like no work. <laughs> to it. It's just like I'm just you should do my it. black friend. Yeah, and therefore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like this felt very like just matter of fact and and similar, and we'll I guess discuss this more in depth. But like it felt to me like. Driving Miss Daisy in the sense of I know this was not a stage play, but felt very much so like something you would see off Broadway, like yes. this story, and then they made it into a movie. Um, but oh, for God, those, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> for those there who were don't know, scenes. yeah, just <laughs> I, certain certain instances, I was like, and I mean, maybe it's the James Earl Jones of it all, and he's just a titan of the stage. But like, true. there are certain elements that I was just like, I could just see this being a play. Like, I it's like know. three or four <laughs> sets actually. It could very well yeah. have been a play. Yeah, the scenes in that front area of the house, I just when they were sitting in chairs and having simple mm -hmm. conversations, I was just like. This could be a play. Yeah, it was giving fences. So easily. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's giving August. It's giving August, August. Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for those who don't know, again, this is a family thing. It's a movie from 1996. It is directed by Richard Pierce, and it is written. I mean, this is the thing that's confusing, Here and I've. <laughs> have not gotten to the bottom of it, unfortunately, but it is. Um, a script that was written by um, L. Guy Burton, and it was called Leighton Blood originally, and then was rewritten by Billy Bob Thornton and Tom Epperson, who you know have written a couple of different films together. And I don't know what the change was. I can't. I can't. I looked. Maybe it was that terrible you know, title, Leighton Blood. I'm not <laughs> paying Blood. money. I'm not even saying that at the box office. Yo, one for that. <laughs> one for the blood. Yeah. Not a thing that. I, I would imagine selling, but it is a movie that stars uh, Robert Duvall. It stars James L. Jones, uh, 
Irma P. Hall, Michael Beach, and it's the story of what if Robert Duvall was black? <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's it. That's it. But not but not really. You what? know? Uh sort I think of? there's yeah, like it's so it's so bizarre. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the five minutes. I I think I can definitely do it in five minutes, but I'm also gonna ask you to pause at certain points because there's certain things I just we'll have to, have talk to them expound them upon. Talk them yeah, out, for sure. <laughs> I As we go we experience them. We definitely yes. gotta parse yes. them out. <laughs> All right, I got the timer um, going for you. Okay, that's five minutes on the clock. Three, All right. two, one. So the movie starts out with. Robert Duvall or Earl Pilcher locking a customer in his store because he didn't like the way that he was talking to him and he had places to be. And so he just goes off, leaves this man in his store and is is called home because his mother is is ill and is dying. And, you know, people are saying, you know, this it looks like it's going to be it. And so he goes in to talk to his mom and she is giving him, you know, the regular kind of platitude you would expect in a movie like this on her deathbed about family being important and, you know, stay close to your family. You know, you got to look out for them and all that stuff. Um, and then passes away right there in the bed. And he goes out, lets everybody know. His dad's reaction is, is the coffee ready? Uh, <laughs> everybody else the is pretty upset. Wild. <laughs> wild. Um, so... You know, they have the funeral a couple days pass, and then the reverend comes into his shop and says, hey, Earl, your mom gave me this letter before she passed, and she wanted me to give it to you after she passed. I haven't read it. I don't know what's in it, but she was very adamant about me, you know, not not giving it to you until a few days after, you know, the funeral. And so he opens it and reads it. And lo and behold, what a story inside. Uh, (laughs) The letter basically says that his father is a rapist and lays out the story of... Um, his mom and this woman that was more or less their housekeeper, but was her best friend also in the way that those things work. Yeah, we, we and, all know how that went down, right? <laughs> and uh, his father raped her. The insinuation and the implication is not once. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like that was a, a single time thing, but this is the time that she told her about. This is the time um, she got and, pregnant. Right. And so in that, you know, she gets pregnant and then gives birth to Earl and then subsequently dies. Right. So Earl is obviously not sure what to do with this information. He's he's kind of very confused and torn up. He goes and confronts his father, uh, who doesn't deny it, you know, basically just kind of just stands there and breaks down and uh, Earl Earl follows his mom's directions and, and decides he's going to go. And see his uh, half brother Raymond Murdoch, who now lives in Chicago. And Cameron, I'm going to need you to stop for just a second got because you, got you. in this moment before he leaves, <laughs> Robert Duvall gives maybe a the best liner you have ever heard in one of these movies, and delivers one of the wildest lines of dialogue i may have heard in one of these movies I, I where think he looks, i know what you're saying yeah. right now. he looks directly into the side mirror of his truck into his own face <laughs> yep. and solemnly <laughs> and with just all kinds of confusion says to himself you blue-eyed nigger <laughs> and i cackled so hard at work <laughs> I don't think that was supposed to be funny, but 
I, wow. <laughs> I was ha- not half watching it, but you know, I'm watching it. I'm taking notes. I'm sitting on the couch. House is quiet. <laughs> he says that I almost choked on, I choked on nothing. Like, how, no. how dare you? He, no, to he, be clear. Every time he said that word, it was a, it was record scratch. Like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be clear, if, 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 uh, Robert Duvall did a 23 and me, it would come back as a casserole recipe, right? Like, this is a white <laughs> man. He is a My sentient green bean casserole, yes. <laughs> like, there is no way. That's the, I mean, we'll get into it further, just about the, the casting decision of Robert Duvall, but, like, just that face saying those words <laughs> as seriously as he in could. In a close-up <laughs> into the mirror. <laughs> was wild. Uh, but, okay, Cameron, you can start, start you, the You got again. it. You're halfway. Um, so he makes the trek up to Chicago, and this is the point in the movie where I realized that we were in the present day. Because up until this point, <laughs> I thought that this was a period piece. <laughs> and then he pulls up to an auto zone, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's supposed to be 1996. Okay. So he's he goes to Chicago. It's the city. It's scary. There's black people. He doesn't know what to do. Um, he calls. She calls the operator and just asks to get every Raymond Murdoch in Chicago. And then ultimately figures out how to reach him. He's a police officer working at the mayor's office. And he goes in and finds him on his lunch break and rolls up to him while he's minding his own business. And basically is like, we need to talk. Raymond's like, okay, you know, like, wait until I'm on lunch. I'll come meet you at the luncheonette. And they go in and they have a conversation where he, he gives him the letter. He lays it all out. And Ray's like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. You know, I've known who you are in my whole life. You know, I haven't necessarily been waiting for this moment because I kind of pushed all this out of my mind. But, you know, now that you're here, like, what is it that you want to know? Right. And they kind of have this brief conversation where Ray's like, you know, your father's a piece of shit. And (laughs) like, he's the reason my mom's dead. And I don't know if I really like you at all, but like, thanks for coming, more or less. And they kind of leave it at that, except when Earl is leaving Chicago. And again, one of the most inexplicable moments in one of these movies, he's like, he's leaving. And this scene just doesn't read in any discernible way because he's, he's on his, literally on his way out of the city in his truck. This group of black people pull up. They're playing, you know, generic hip hop 101. Uh, and like he starts arguing with them. For reasons I don't understand, you know, because it's not even like turn your music down or whatever. They're like nice truck. And he's like, yeah, it's from God's country. (laughs) And they kind of and then he literally yodels at them about sleeping with their mom or something. It doesn't make sense. But of course, this doesn't fly. So he just drives off and then almost hit somebody. And then they hit him from behind and then rob him and beat him in broad daylight in broad daylight <laughs> people watch. take his stuff take his car leave him on the side of the road again inexplicably the hospital reaches the one raymond murdoch who is his brother <laughs> and tells him that uh you know earl has been beaten up and that he needs somewhere to stay he needs some help he shouldn't travel you know for a couple of days and so he's brought back to raymond's house um and it it kind of really goes on from here in the sense of there's not much movie after that right like he meets aunt t right her name is literally aunt, aunt t. t and she hey, is mama, your uh, arm. <laughs> he's fully blind she can't see 
Um, and then we also meet um, Virgil, who is Raymond's son, who lives at home with him and sleeps on his couch. Um, who has audacity? Get- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and and but that's that's more or less the movie, right? From there, they kind of like go on this journey of discovery and like family bonding. At one point, Earl walks away. <laughs> downtown like him and raymond like literally get into a fight on the side of the street and then he's like fuck it whatever you know you chose this keep going that way he crashes some woman's 50th birthday party and then like gets (laughs) drunk and passes out in the street no no you you forgot he crashes the, the 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 party and then for some reason starts giving a speech about affirmative action and how he's both not white enough or black what? Yeah. And multiple times he either introduces himself or is introduced as black and Raymond's brother and black to black people who are like, yep. okay. <laughs> who are just, who, who wait doe-eyed <laughs> for the rest of the story to drop. <laughs> and never get any explanation. Um, but, yeah. I mean, he gives life advice to Virgil, you know, like him and Raymond bond about being in Korea at the same time. Um, and, you know, eventually he's able to get his truck back and there's a whole ending sequence where we get like literally the flashback to his birth. Auntie tells the whole story of how he was born. And, uh, then as he's going back, Raymond, you know, it's kind of like, I'd like to you know go back to Arkansas someday and see, you know, mom's grave. And he's like, you should do that sometime. Cut to them driving back Doing right it. then. <laughs> <laughs> to see the grave they see the house in which he was born uh they see the grave and then before we get what anybody actually wants to see which is earl bringing raymond to see his white family the movie ends, ends. and that is the <laughs> that is it and uh boy <laughs> talk a lot to talk about because this movie is so many things and yet nothing at all all. right (laughs) yeah yeah that is the perfect explanation for it i i was literally sometimes i would be engrossed by it sometimes i would actually be just trying to figure it out sometimes i'd be kind of just lost at a what was probably a joke but either way i watched it and i was kind of into it (laughs) And then before it gave me the thing that I was, my black ass needed out of this movie, yeah. <laughs> they were like, and then they walked into the sunset. And they walked away. Uh, so, Bossy, how do you feel about, <laughs> how do you feel about Robert Duvall as a black man? Did that work for you? Absolutely not. <laughs> how do you feel about that? Absolutely not. Because he, okay, they made it seem like James Earl Jones was like, James Evans, like black, 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 yeah. black, and we're somehow supposed to be able to see some sort of contrast. I'm like y'all, he looks. James Earl Jones looks like he's half black, and you are a white man. <laughs> when I was watching it, when I was watching it, because uh, I hadn't seen it in, in so long, I was like, oh, maybe the twist was it turns out that's not his mom or something. Like, like, but they mm-hmm. bond as brothers anyway or some shit like that. I was like, no, they're going with this biracial thing. They're going. All the way with this. By the way, that's yeah. the ending to Made in America. You're thinking right. of. <laughs> is right. it? 
where it turns out, yeah, it turns yeah. out that Ted Danson is not the actual father. I Morty forgot style. about and that. Then, but then he's like, I'll be your dad anyway. I'll and be your dad like, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe pay some of your college. No, wow. pay none of She got a scholarship. She oh, didn't, pay right. any, didn't pay any no. college. He, don't gotta do, he, ain't got he just to, slid in. He didn't even yeah. have to do anything. No. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so weird because this movie is another of, of many movies. One, I think I'm struck mostly because this is such a white gaze oh film. Oh, my God. Ooh, right? Like, it's exclusively through Robert Duvall's POV. It is exclusively about his journey as, I mean, again, a black as man. As a black man. I mean, that's really like what? <laughs> because it's not even, so it's not even that, you know, he needs to, a racism needs to be done to him or, you know, like something like that. But like he is, he is in his 60s. He has lived a full life as a white as man. A white man. Mm-hmm. At this point in his life, this news is like a minor inconvenience at most you know because like nobody is nobody's gonna look at him and think that he's black but also like even if even if he told that to somebody even if he brings james earl jones down and says this is my brother read this letter most people are going to be like that's crazy yeah that's crazy most people probably like all right nigga right you know like it's it's not gonna be a huge change in his life so there's really no stakes to this movie because if he goes up and james earl jones is like fuck off that's, that's the end. movie if he goes up and james earl jones is like finally my long lost brother i love you that's also the end like there's really <laughs> yeah no... <laughs> and what, what could have been the stakes was him bringing his black brother to his white house around all the people who thought because he didn't tell anybody he got the letter on tuesday by tuesday night right. he was in his truck driving to chicago <laughs> like oh, nobody knew this way <laughs> this this was a like a week this was yeah. the the large part of a week not even a whole week it was probably the yes. large part of a week yeah. the working week by the way these guys yes. got to go to work yes regardless of whatever robert duvall got going on in his head these people yeah. gotta go to work yeah yeah, well, it's it's bizarre because I think that when city if, if jobs telling, too, by the way, city well, jobs. <laughs> if you're if you're telling a story, right, in in the general sense, right, mm-hmm. like a narrative of any kind that not only has a beginning, middle, and end, but is also about something. Like, what is the moral of a family thing? Because it's not that it's. I mean, like. Not even like it's hard being black. Let's, like, let's do it. Let's do it right now. Not, what but what like, is so the moral like, of the movie we just watched? Because they don't really ever have a moment of um, like reconciliation in so much as like what what it means for these two families to be a family, yeah. like a singular family, right. because it really is literally just about these two men. And whatever it is that they have to get through. And they don't really get through it because literally it's just Aunt T tells the story and yep. gives him a picture. And he's like, yeah, that's and, it. And Earl you know, like never there's... has to confront his racism or how At he all. truly feels about black people. Well, and that's like, let's dig into that specifically because like he, I'm assuming and 
the movie doesn't give us a lot to go off of. And no. I think it's mostly because they want you to like Robert Duvall yeah. and have sympathy for him. So he can't be like a hardcore racist. Uh, he's got to be at most a casual. Yeah, he's got to be a casual racist who like says nigger. But like, because I think he says nigger at some point and he's like, I didn't mean it like yeah, that. When- and James Earl Jones is like, there's only one way that you can mean it. <laughs> but even when he was confronting his dad, didn't he say you slept or you he, you lay down with the with the nigger woman or something like that? And I was right. like, I, re- I played that back because I was oh, like, yeah. like that. OK, just wanted to be clear. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> It's yeah, like he is he is like that information though, like never really seems to be troubling him in so much as like how am I going to live this new identity, right? Like cuz it's not I mean, the most we get is that random scene. And I guess let's just break it down. He walks out of James Earl Jones' house down the street to somewhere um in Chicago which Oh, Let's this just scene, highlight, yes. highlight I, this as well. Chicago is dangerous <laughs> because there's black people. Yes. Uh, and so he's walking down. He goes into, I don't, I mean, I'm assuming, I guess, James Earl Jones lives on the south side because that's where a yeah, lot of black people Yeah, that looks like live. the south and side, so, <laughs> right about where um, the, the, the L is running through the houses, basically. <laughs> yeah, and he goes to this bar, and there's just a whole bunch of black people living their life, doing their thing, and specifically, there's an older group of black people. They're celebrating this woman's 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. He's at the bar watching them, which is already red flag and then comes over and starts speaking to them second red flag uh and then (laughs) asked to dance with this woman who you know in a way that's like her husband very you know clearly obviously is like that's not that's weird good idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh but she's just like oh honey it's okay let me humor this man i guess for reasons (laughs) and they dance and then he ends up spending what seems to be the rest of the night with them and then we get to what bossy was was intoning like he has this whole affirmative action rant that he's halfway into about how oh you know like isn't it ironic that i'm black and like all these things are are set up to keep me out because i look white and it's like reverse affirmative action and like i'm a victim of you know and that's when the bouncer rolls up and it's like hey dog you got money (laughs) because you might have to get out i don't want to hear no more about that bullshit (laughs) But it's like that's so as bad as he gets. This is right? this is like, actually my hugest problem with the movie. This scene, and and what follows actually this scene, because this is about the halfway point in the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. He's at the house. They've already had a discussion about you know being there, taking up space. He's got to live on a he's, you know he's got to go hang on a bad side of town to go get to a hotel. <clears throat> So he goes to this club, he has this affirmative action takedown, quote unquote, in the middle of the bar, and they kick him out, right? That's what he goes through. That's his bad night. And also, it's a dark and stormy night out, which is mm. like, oh my gosh. Just there, At least, there was, was there a trash can on fire? I didn't see it. <laughs> that, that's all that was missing. The stereotypes and the tropes are abounding. They're, they're all over the place, all right? So then you've got the other half of the scene, which is James Earl Jones is going out looking for his crazy white ass, right? So he's driving the car, dark and stormy night again, um, and his car runs out of gas under some, oh God, in, in, a, in a not so pleasant part of town. 
So he takes out the gas can, walks up the block, and behind him come another car full of thugs, another Lincoln Continental full of thugs. Was it? It wasn't the same group of. No, I thought it was, it was the same I group. It was. No, 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 no. But they looked they they looked like they came out of the same casting call. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so they roll up on pops, and they're like, "Hey, pops, what's going on? Where you going?" And instantly, James Earl Jones turns around. Without saying anything to them, he starts offering them the watch. What do you want? The watch. What do you want? My wallet. He throws these things at him. He's like, you want the wallet? Take it. You want the watch? Take it. Then pulls out his six-shooter. And he's like, Mm. you want this gun? And these guys are like, oh, whoa, fuck you, Pops. And they take off. And then dramatically, as they take off, James Earl Jones looks stoically in their direction and says, fuck you, too. James Earl Jones was Definitely like, concerns me a little bit, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I packed that thing, too. So, he come around this way, you will get caught. You know? You know he had that thing <laughs> on him, too. He had that blicky on him, too. Now, here's the thing that fucks me up about this scene. Two things, actually. In my opinion, James Earl Jones has the more racist night. Because it's James Earl Jones who instantly stereotypes these gentlemen who probably would have given him a ride to the gas station. If you're carrying a gas can, you're on a mission, my nigga. Like, you're obviously going to one to do one thing. Especially if you're walking away from a broken down car. Yeah. He instantly judges them. He instantly scares... He scares the thugs. Sends them away. Meanwhile, on the other side of town, Robert Duvall is talking about oh, the oppressive system that's kept him down. Yeah. Meanwhile, he started this movie by, like, locking random people up in his store, mm-hmm. oppressing other people, <laughs> talking shit about black people, calling them niggas the whole movie. That was the thing and about this second, movie. He gets some, it, it's, it's so crazy. Because he, he spends the whole movie calling black people niggas, and in a second, he is disgraced or, or, uh, or disrespected. He gets thrown out on his ass, and he's the bad guy. He's mean. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Come on. You forgot well, what, he's a blue-eyed that, nigger, Cameron. What was Cameron? That supposed to teach me? But, and then he, he, it goes <laughs> on. What, what really got me was that he goes on to be... He becomes the magical Negro in this, in this movie. He becomes the magical Negro who fixes everything Man. for everybody right. else. And it was very weird. From that bad night where he like literally monologued to a bunch of black people who, like Jordan said, were minding their business... Yep. He's having a nice night out. <laughs> He's just trying to live. He's just trying to live. He spends this night drunkenly monologuing to people. That's his bad night out. And he got to sleep under a bridge with some with some not so savory folk. Then the next day he gets to go back home. They have a laugh about it. And then he bonds their family as the magical Negro. He married mm-hmm. Poppins, their family. He and sure then did. takes James Earl Jones back to Arkansas with him. Yes. What was this movie about? <laughs> Look. I love this because I, and I love both of you because those were two things that I wanted to get into explicitly because let's go back to that James Earl Jones moment. Right. Like this movie is anti-black yes. <laughs> in so many there ways, you go. but they give him that moment where it's like, I don't know how to read that interaction because like they do it as if it's supposed to appear to be a threatening moment, you know, like, right. oh, these these young black men are driving up on him. Who knows what they want? You know, they're Who knows? Are they harassing him. What are they doing? And they're really like their interaction isn't 
aggressive. It's just kind of like, hey, Paz, what's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? You know, like, right. it's raining. It is it's whatever. Straight up clad, clandestine. For real. And, like, it's a rainy night, nigga. Like, you might need old. some shelter. He's, he's, you're like Andrew. 77 years old. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and they're not like, you know, like Robert Duvall's interaction, which maybe this was trying to harken back to where they're playing aggressive rap music and they're like looking out the window and all that. Like they seem to just be like driving by. They see him, they roll up, they ask what, what, where are you going? And like, like you said, immediately he goes into this whole, you know, my watch, my wallet, you know, like, what do you want from me? And then like, he pulls out the gun and their reaction isn't like, I guess the other blacks who like beat the shit out of <laughs> Robert Duvall, Robert Duvall yeah. but uh, but are like, oh my god, <laughs> like, yeah, this man's gonna like, whoa, hold on, like this isn't what this was. Like we were just trying to check out on you, and it makes me wonder not only what James Earl Jones's connection is to his community, right? Because let's not forget that he is a cop, right? And I wonder if that was some kind of painting of his worldview, because his description of his neighborhood and surrounding neighborhoods is dangerous, right? right? Like he constantly is describing, don't go down that way. Oh yeah. You know, well, cause like they're driving initially to his home and Robert Duvall is like, this is where you live. It's like, yeah, everywhere has a nigger town, you know, he's they like, said that like three you know? <laughs> times, by the way. And I have never heard in all the movies we watch and we've watched some <laughs> crazy ass movies. Yeah. I've never heard nigger town. I mean, it's apparently and it's not even a place. Nigga Town, which I might even want to like Nigger Town, USA, rent property we, we, in. But like, yeah, we, we will have to get into a discussion of James Earl Jones' pronunciation of nigger. Okay, in this movie. let's talk about <laughs> James. Okay, James Earl Jones is one of the finest actors of our time. I won't take that away from him. One of the finest yes. actors of our time. Yes, he yes. doesn't do blue collar very well. And I, I, mm, I had right. to, I had to Google. Even though he won a Tony for blue collar. Yes. But 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 blue collar on stage on Broadway is different than blue collar on screen. Mm. Movie. Fair, fair. Like fair. Yeah. we have like the Charles Dutton Rock, where he's also very theatrical. Right. But there's a there's a, a thing there. But a sidebar: Are they watching Rock when he's watching TV in that one scene? It looked like they was they watching. Watch, they I watch they Rocky, were... and then they watch. Another movie. No, and no, then, no, no, yeah, no. Later watching TV in the movie, later. He's, uh, yeah. Rock the sitcom? Him and Auntie are like, yeah, they're watching a sitcom. And I think it's Rock, really? honest to God. I don't remember I, that. Dead serious. Could be. I'll have to go back. I'll text y'all later in a week. I'll, t- I'll tweet y'all later. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't want you to have to watch the movie again, but I would I would like to know. <laughs> that part. I would like to know. But go go on, go on. Sorry. No, sorry. but it just, it just, uh, the casting in this movie really confused me. Because mm. James Earl Jones is not the person I would pick for this role. Um, I feel like they were trying to say something about he's bad too, and they're gonna mm, learn from right. each other. Where it was mm. like Robert Duval Earl is racist and he's been racist his entire life because he's a he's he's been a white man from Arkansas his entire life. Why does he learn and get to change everybody else? And he didn't even learn anything. He was never confronted about mm, no. anything. And never. let me talk to you about, I'm um, sorry, auntie, auntie, <laughs> listen, what were you doing? Why was this, why? None of none of her dealings with this made any sense. She was invested yeah. in a way, I thought, 
I'd seen this movie before. I thought she was going to be like, but I'm your real mother or some shit like that because <laughs> she was far too invested just to be somebody's sister from 40 years ago or 60 right. years ago. Well, it's and she definitely is the big mama of this this whole situation. She played big mama in um like, in Soul Food. That, I mean, I know that's how that's how she seemingly how she got typecasted after a while. She was yeah. just big mama and everything. And Soul Food is before this too. Yeah, so. it is. And yeah, um, it's it's so bizarre because even in Robert Duvall's case, right? Like Earl is racist, but it's almost like, well, what did you expect? You know, <laughs> it's just his surroundings. It's where he grew up. Like he can't help the way that he is. But like Raymond is the way that he is. Because why? You know what I mean? Like, never get any of that interiority. And he has this whole story that he tells him about how, oh, I was a badass kid. And, like, you know, I got arrested for carjacking. And, like, you know, I was doing all this other stuff. And, you know, the military turned my life around. And, you know, my wife turned my life around. And, um, you know, like, you see all these things. But when you see him in the present day, he is, like, respectability personified, right? Like, he is just doing... He's a cop. (laughs) <laughs> right you yeah. know and it's and he'd been he'd been a cop for a long time yeah. and again like we don't even really get into how that seemingly has covered colored his perceptions pun intended of all the black people surrounding him because like they very much are a threat and a danger to him right like you never see him have interactions with black people that aren't his family that are just regular in the regular black you know like he's he's hanging out with other cops or people i guess at the mayor's office where we meet him, but other than that, like hanging out with all the old really... black men. But the thing is, it was it's one of those it's one of those situations, and this is one of those movies that constantly takes you out of the movie. Like constantly, mm-hmm. I was thinking, white people wrote this. A white people, a white person <laughs> wrote this line. A white person yeah. set the scene up. Like I was constantly being taken out of the movie in order to just point out to myself because it was very clear that maybe James Earl Jones and First of all, hold on. I, I'm all over the place. His son, yeah. no black son ever. <laughs> no black child ever. In his house? In your daddy's house? In <laughs> auntie's house? Auntie's house? And you got demands? You're slamming the door in his face? Oh. Bro. Where's my where's my dinner? <laughs> I want Bro. this man out of this house. This is not your Bro. house, sir. <laughs> You better be well, gone by the time I wake you up. Oh, you're wrong. Yeah, I mean, they set him up with some kind of arrested development storyline where he was supposed to be a star football player and then hard times, injury. Now yeah. I drive a bus. And, and and it's like Emma, I can't even really describe his relationship to his children and his spouse because like I, seemingly antagonistic, but also... Loving, wanting to be yeah wanting to be back in the good graces yeah but just not sure how to figure it out and of course who figures it out for him robert duvall sits huh. him down and has a whole story of, like rambling nonsensical story about some guy who just wants to know like oh don't look in the past you have something to look forward to that's happiness yada yada and like that seemingly solves that that's it you know (laughs) it's just like what is happening with all of these things where robert duvall not only continues to be the center of this black family's source of like uh atonement and like finding out who they are as people but also like 
they what were they doing before he that's got there? what i want to know <laughs> it seems who, like he rolled up and all of a sudden grocery store before he showed up not, not virgil it <laughs> looked like she was taking herself she seemed to know where everything was already it was oh my god and it, it felt like so many okay so the sun's failed dreams of of whatever that's a movie him and his yeah. relationship with his <laughs> wife and kids that that could be a movie too um yeah. the 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 they didn't even deal with the fact they kind of just skated over the fact that this man's father raped this woman let's talk they about just, I'm, I'm, that i'm trying because... to be i'm all over the place cuz i keep think Oh, it's crazy. Let's talk about that. Yeah, but let's talk about that. The thing that's so wild about not only that particular fact is like Earl's dad gets three stages of like just getting the fuck off in general, right? Because one, (laughs) winning, right? White privilege (laughs) to the extreme, right? One, (laughs) Earl Earl is steadfast in his defense of him Mm -hmm. at every turn, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the only real source of antagonism between him and raymond where every time they bring that up because at the very end he's just like i gotta get this thing off my chest before you go fuck your daddy right and Earl's like oh wait a minute <laughs> what do you mean by that and it's like what do you mean, what uh, do you mean by that he, yeah it's like you he raped my mom your mom too by the way and she died because of it you know and so like he he does this however long ago and like no consequences for that right his 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 wife is even though this woman is allegedly her best friend seemingly forgives him and then they just don't even raise the child or help raise the child but just say you got it auntie and uh (laughs) go and do whatever right so he gets to live his basically entire life having done this horrible thing and suffer no consequences. It doesn't even have a a, a dark or like a like a a vaguely black child to remind him of what he did. No. No. Right. Then uh when he gets confronted about it by his son, it's kinda like a moment of shame, but his son doesn't seem to be as upset about the rape (laughs) as he is about possibly being Being black. (laughs) right right yeah Yeah. or being black yes being black yeah you know like it's not and and it's more like i can't believe you would do this to mom i can't believe you would do this to our family not i can't believe you raped somebody (laughs) and then just went on with your life like nothing happened. and then continue to be a bastard to everybody yes up until you're first of all giving the mother parkinson's was a choice like i don't know Mm. i don't know whether the, the actress brought that you know to the scene she, yeah. because it was a choice that I was like, this is very distracting. Like they could have given her yes. anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I very distracting. Was, I, I thought it was a move by the movie to try to like bring you in and try to make you mm-hmm. empathize. Yeah. Right. Because like it's, it's obvious Parkinson's. It's almost like the actress herself might probably have Parkinson's. Right. So you're just like, Oh, well I'm, I'm touched by this moment and I must feel that at least bare minimum. Right. Yeah. Right. Regardless of his story, I still feel for her. I also feel like she so, could have told him. Well, she because that part. Everybody in that family just knew on principle, right? Like they had figured it out. They just kind of had some. Because even when, um, like, Auntie does one of her many, like, 
Raymond, cut that out. You're not going to treat that man like your he brother. ain't your brother. I, you know, you know what I, mean? I am 77 uh, years old. I don't know that man. That is not my brother. Sorry to that sorry man. To yeah. That man. He, right. like, <laughs> he, he, um, like, is, again, not, not even upset about, like, the, the evil that his father enacted but then at the very end the movie that you've been waiting to see the whole time <laughs> never comes to fruition because we never see raymond possibly knock that man off. <laughs> that was crazy actually so when i watched the movie i like must have paused the timeline around the point where he was like well you gotta come on up to arkansas one day and check it out right yeah. so that i was a weird must have looked at the timeline it looked like there were like 20 minutes left in the movie or something like that 10 minutes left in the movie and i was like all right, so I guess we're going to get to Arkansas and see, like, a couple of wacky scenes, right? Yeah. Right? Right? No. No. <laughs> and then I didn't check it again, and I was like, before it was like, the movie was over, I was like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, you, you, so you made me go through this bullshit, and they didn't learn any lessons regardless. They just had, like, one really bad night. Yeah. And then they get to just, we get to leave? We leave the But the situation? dad gets, he gets all the way off the hook, right? Like, he never has to. As far to, as the audience never, is concerned. Yeah, yeah. He never has to answer for anything that he did in any real tangible way. Maybe he feels something, which, who gives a shit? But, like, <laughs> it's not <laughs> ever something that we are privy to, you nope. know? So, like, all we know is that he did this horrible thing, which has had an adverse effect on this entire, entire group family. of people two sets of families pretty much mm-hmm. but but not well not him <laughs> right and not not earl up until this point if earl died never having known he got away you with know, it yeah charm life right like it's right. just one of those things where i think that that's a where the movie is just very much through the white gaze but two also because i think i would i will <laughs> tentatively give i guess billy bob thornton and his writing partner some credit only in so much as if they were acutely aware that they could not write that scene and just said punt you know what i mean like we're not even gonna go in there because the many ways that could have gone wrong yeah wait but are like, many you know they've what I mean? already it's, stereotyped us they but then it's also don't make us. this movie right like right, if you can't get to that point don't yeah. even make the film to begin yeah. with yeah you know because they, they didn't give us anything just from a, a, a screenwriting they didn't give us anything to invest in i didn't care about their right. relationship auntie kept telling us they were brothers i didn't care there was nothing <laughs> that i mean the the son could have like needed a kidney and then, you know, Earl was the only one, like something. Like, I would have been like, okay, well, yeah. is he going to give him the kidney? Like, I would have cared about something like that. But just, I, I didn't care. I didn't care about any of this. And the thing, like you guys were saying, that I would have cared about was him having to, like, confront his his blackness with his white yeah. family. <laughs> but we didn't get that. And I remember looking at the time, and it was like a minute and 49 seconds left. And I was like... <laughs> Is it going to be a montage? <laughs> We're going to get this. We're gonna this. We, we didn't, we we, all... They wasted time in the truck because the back and Hell forth, yeah. I need to go to Arkansas. And, oh, you should come to Arkansas. Yeah, maybe one day I will. That was five minutes. They could have cut <laughs> all of that out and just get us 
to Arkansas faster and then give us some time with the the with with uh, Earl's family. They didn't do that. Jump yeah. cut to him on the on the doorstep, just like, "Hey, yeah. what's up? It's me." Right. Well, because <laughs> maybe they wanted a sequel. That is still a family. <laughs> we writing it. <laughs> well, let's but let's write this right because I think what is what is the more interesting and fascinating movie, even though it's probably still not a good movie, a good movie. is yeah. the reverse, right? Because I I don't know why. Raymond comes to see. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm saying if it's my black ass, I'm staying in Chicago, wherever I was, minding my business. Then volunteering well, let, myself for like apt racism as soon as I get there. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be me, like, who's this nigga on my porch? And I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be mad at myself let me, for letting me come here and at, at y'all for yeah. saying words. Yeah. Let me give you. Let me give you the basically only behind the scenes I really have for this movie, which is. Uh, there's there's a woman who is like the the main source of most of my interview information for movies around this time because she was i guess like the NBC affiliate and so like all of her interviews are archived on youtube and she talks to a bunch of people just random films you know it's like sometimes she pops up sometimes she doesn't so she popped up for this and she was talking to james l jones and it's it's always fascinating because she either completely avoids any real conversation and just lobs all softball questions so i watch it and i'm like all right you know nothing really here or inadvertently as a white woman will ask questions that i don't think she really understands the context to (laughs) and so this was this time where she was talking to jam jones a black man (laughs) and she asked him so you know like the premise for this movie is so interesting and like i just wonder if you were in robert duvall's shoes and you know you had this information and you were given the choice to go and like find this side of your family like would you go on the same journey that he did and james Earl jones pauses for a second to consider what his answer is going to be and he's you know trying to be polite and, and tactful about it but he's just like that's not really a question for black people because like we all just automatically assume that there's white people in our family because of our history. Right. (laughs) Like that's just what it is anyways. Right. And if we found out it wouldn't really change our lives in any real tangible way, because like, what are we going to do with that? Right. So like (laughs) more or less say this movie doesn't make sense in the reverse. Right. Like if you put a (laughs) black person in Robert Duvall's shoes, like why would they even do that to begin with? But also like it wouldn't be some earth shattering situation because I think in so many of these movies, what we observe is that white people who come down to blackness, it is like a demotion and station Mm. in life, right? Like you have to teach at the black school. You have to coach the black team. You have to go work in the black part of town or, you know, like do these things in and around black people. And that's like a punishment for you. Or like, this is, this is where you prove yourself. If you can, if you can make it happen with black people, then maybe you fucked up somewhere else. And this is where you get to redeem yourself somehow. (laughs) You know, so so oftentimes it is kind of like you fall and and this is where you land with us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And with the reverse, it's like oftentimes anytime black people either get to be around white people or even have, you know, like 
something where it's like, oh, you might be white or like switch places with white people. It's like you're moving up in the world. It's a it's a great news for you. Right. So like there's not really a way to do this in the same spirit as this movie is trying to get into when you reverse it. Because it's not the same story. Yeah, it's not the same story. But when like James Earl Jones comes down to Arkansas, like there's got to be a lot happening because one that interaction with the father right where you know again i hope he just knocks that man out yeah on on, on site (laughs) he doesn't really just he doesn't we we spoke about giving grace this is a man doesn't Doesn't apply to to, to movies like this i meant this in real life (laughs) because he is uh again like and he was unrepentant like there was no moment there was no moment where he He doesn't say anything yeah no in the the flashback and the flashback that Auntie has simultaneously with everybody, <laughs> the shared flashback that they have. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's almost on the like the that the what shared hallucination theory about like real life. She's like the she's like the oracle from the Matrix, and <laughs> she they're saw all it just all. like seeing yeah. And so she, <laughs> but she's like yeah, he stayed in the car, you know. And I could see I could see the light from a cigarette burning in the dark, you know, as he stayed in the car and watched. Um, By the way, so, uh, sidebar. I, I think you know this movie's not great. This movie's okay. not great. There's sure, but but Irma Hall's performance during that monologue is like really kind of rapturous. Like it's she's recalling a very traumatic story, but it's it, it makes me pay attention to that story honestly. And for that, I feel like we should give her black acting school here. Yeah. I think she, you know, she did that. James Earl Jones, you know, a typical, you know, stand-up performance. I think it's one of those things where it's just like, if this was another movie that, that just happened to star all of these people, it could, it could, you know, it's a great cast of, of actors, right? But it's just like being forced to deliver not only this material, this but like to do what it is that this movie is i think attempting to do which is to say we're not that different right if you just woke up and found out you were black one day like your life wouldn't be so bad white people like it's all great maybe (laughs) i don't know it's it's very confusing but yes like that that whole interaction between james l jones and the father but then also like everybody else in town because i think part of what earl is insinuating or his fears are that when he goes home and introduces raymond to everybody like the secret is out and like now the one drop rule. everybody will know he's black but definitely he's, one his, drop about half a drop no nah, i mean his lips have the depth of a communion wafer right like he is not <laughs> he's not what, what got me too was like he was bo- they decided to take him because he was a a a, a white baby all babies kind of look white in the very beginning especially a newborn they get their yeah. color they get you know like how yeah. do they know that he wasn't going <laughs> to well it's he so, was going to blacken up right yeah th- this is my other just weird research i did for this episode which was i was like all right let's 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 see how far this goes right let's look up 
you know, all the celebrities and people who are like, you didn't know this person was black, right? And so I was looking at all these celebrities. Obviously, it runs the gamut. You have, you know, your Halseys, right? And people you are just like, okay, <laughs> you know, all right, fine. You know, you've got your, again, like Pete Wentz has some That's crazy amount That's of, crazy you know, blackness in him. Know. And, like, you know, a couple other people where it's just like this, the guy who was the star of Prison Break. Wentworth right. Miller oh, yeah. is, is half Wentworth black. Miller, yeah, yeah. Right. Slash you from know, the Guns like, N' Roses. Slash. Right. I'll take Slash. But our <laughs> innate skill as black people is we could more or less 98% of the time see if we look at you long enough, yeah. right? Like we could just some. It's the cheekbones, it's the nose, the lips, little kink in the hair, something. There's a, there's, a, there's a voice. There's like a little. Even if yeah. you're trying not to have it, there's something in your throat that that kind of like sneaks out. Do you, do you guys watch yeah. Atlanta? Did you guys watch Atlanta? Yeah, best yes. show ever. Love that show. Uh, last yeah. season, um, rich nigga, the, wait, rich wigga, poor wigga, the guy yeah. who's yes. like immediately. You were like, oh, I hear it. <laughs> You're, oh, I see yeah. it. It's a, it's a right. deepness. It's like a weird richness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a certain richness to the tone of the voice. Yeah. Right. That's why whenever I hear like a black man with no bass in his voice i'm like you're doing that on purpose mm-hmm. like you're this is this is your thing like you're, you're you worked on this you worked on <laughs> on this there. because there's a there's there. a there's a timber in our voices that mm-hmm. i can always tell when somebody is is black yeah even if they can't tell and i can tell right <laughs> you know so like the i because every interaction he has with a black person who's not you know this immediate family their first it's like he's a white man like there's not even like a semblance of like maybe it's just like no this, this is a white man talking to me you know like when he rolls up on that birthday party they're just like who's this white man <laughs> just, that is all the faces across that road it's like who is this white man yeah Come you know? collection. <laughs> but it's like you know i think it's it's these these movies do this all the time where it's like blackness is a shorthand that they give out where it's just like this this is you know what it is we don't have to explain because they live in this this particular neighborhood or like this is how they interact with each other or you know they're they're not really that layered or deep or textured or anything like that we just you need to see the one thing and then you can kind of fill in the rest of the blanks and it's not that we need to see you know this (laughs) like multi-layered multi-faceted life out of like every single black person that he comes across but Mm -hmm. like the idea of him being black is not broached in literally any way other than like his mother was a black woman right like what would it mean for him to grapple with that side of his family and that side of his history because he just more or less short i mean like the really never stated implication is that he gets into that fight with those gang bears i guess because he's having these mixed and very deep feelings about possibly being a black oh, man oh i didn't but, even catch that but it doesn't really come across on screen because it yeah. looks like he just decides to start fucking with these people right. for no reason I didn't because even like catch that that's exactly what that scene was for 
I think so. Because well, even later on, right, where he's giving Virgil his speech sermon outside of the pool hall, he insinuates that he had a lot of thoughts driving up here. Never hear one. Don't know what they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally does say that. He's like, I was thinking. What was he thinking about? Go on, continue, right? You. Yeah. And so, like, I just wonder, you know, what that looks like because i don't know if it's not i mean the the movie to me is not necessary like it didn't have to be made but like what even this i guess this is where we remake the film in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. like what is that what what is that in a way that is informative and like actually productive gets it to a conversation because obviously there are people who are you know and look (laughs) the very crux of this movie is that his father raped a woman then walked away and And then he was born right and like that that broke an entire line of people and family and he doesn't he doesn't apologize for that. His father doesn't apologize for that. There's no restitution or any kind of like justice done to that. It's just his his uh not biological mom, but like the mom that raised him said that he should go do this and that's why he And we don't it. have enough information about their relationship <laughs> to understand why he would just do it. Like literally yeah. hours after he finds this stuff out. And the, the, the right. I was thinking about this while you were talking. It's very clear that Earl was raised in a very racist environment, racist household. Right. His yeah. father knows that his mother is a black woman. I don't know where in this construction of this movie we're supposed to believe that he didn't hold that against Earl. Like there yeah. wasn't even a moment yeah, where right. Earl was like, that's why you treated me that's why you were always like there was nothing that we could get from that except for mm-hmm. we were just supposed to believe that this this horrible man who raised a, a racist person who loves the hard ER, um yeah he he never felt any blowback from that from a man like this. Yeah. Well what's interesting is like that's I mean an interesting retelling of the movie not necessarily from a POC perspective because that's like the shit that they got to work out mm-hmm. but right it it that's at least narrative thrust right that's at least something to work off of because that's his redemption arc mm-hmm. that's what he has to work through or uh, you know the uh learned trauma over years you know breaking mm-hmm. that that's that's something but it also goes to show you what the priority of these movies in the 90s were versus the priorities of these movies now because i feel like even if this movie was just straight up remade now same script ish you know what i mean like same project this movie in 2022 would be more concerned with like breaking familial cycles right i I don't want to compare it directly but like that's what encanto is about right right uh the singing dancing movie oh oh oh, right 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 yeah Uh, about a colombian family the the main thrust of the movie isn't like Disney princesses don't go through that anymore. They're not about like finding their prince anymore. Disney movies have evolved beyond yeah. that. 
they've evolved to like now it's family trauma. Now it's right. in, inner um, inside inner out, conflict, right? in, inside out, right? Emotion, it's like yeah, yeah. inner trauma or like you know your feelings and trying to figure out like why your are your feelings valid? Blah blah blah, mm. and so on. Um, this movie is only compared concerned with like, well, he's a little bit black now. He's got to figure that out. <laughs> Fairly. I mean, that's honestly, like, that's the elevator pitch of this movie, right? He finds out yeah. he's black. Now he's got to figure that out. <laughs> right. And it's it's almost like, you know, in the 80s, it might have even been a comedy, right? Like It would have been a slapstick comedy. It's so like, man. You know. Well, we, well, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we, we try not to bring that up anymore. We try to leave that on that episode. But uh. <laughs> it's yeah, I, I just think that there's more richness in in the inverse of right. the story where Raymond has to again, I have no idea why he would want to do that in particular, you know, like to go down there and meet those people because you know, seemingly, and you know, those people, right? Like, but to go and meet that side of his family who, um, it's not even like, you know, like you think about, um, you know, the stories of, you know, people specifically black people, right? When we, you know, do our 23andMe and our ancestry and all this stuff. And at a certain point, one of two things happens. Either the family tree stops because there's no, <laughs> there's, there's nowhere else, you know what I mean? Like we just kind of run out of people or there was no documentation, no, nope. you know, whatever. Or we start bridging off into, well, these are the people that, you know, raped our ancestors or, you know, like are part of our family through forced means and not necessarily, you know, because we wanted them there. And so, like, when you find out that information as a black person, right, it's never just like, yeah, I should go, like, hang out with them <laughs> or, like, with my interrogate, you know yeah, what I mean? But, you know what would have worked, I think? would have worked better for me if they mm. were twins. If they were twins Ooh. and one of them was lighter, so they, they kept the white one. Took one and then the darker one went with yeah. uh auntie. Then to yeah. me there is a need to reconnect in a way that is important because this is somebody that you were literally born with and intrinsically linked right as opposed to this sort of like uh this sort of like nebulous your brothers type thing where there's no real brother bond so to make that bond like literally biological because they're twins um Mm -hmm. that to me i feel like would have been a better movement Mm. right Yeah. yeah i think the movie does a gross thing where in the auntie flashback they make it very clear that not only was raymond there you know but then he inexplicably held him you gave a newborn baby to a eight oh, oh to, sorry sorry to, to oh, eight-year-old to... raymond who right. like i mean the odds of him a dropping that child or b like not holding them correctly and like snapping their neck instantly are very high i would oh never do, i would never give a literal on, like just man, a just moment dog. just born child to a literal other child yeah. also it's like arkansas in like the 1940s i don't think people were 30s like, 30s yeah. even even worse there's less literature about that <laughs> but but 
then they make it very clear auntie is like and you held him and you looked at him and you said that's my baby right so it's oh, like right. yeah ray raymond has always been like like a caregiver to him like somebody like from the moment he was born they had this connection and like they were like raymond was in in the in the big brother role you know what i mean yeah but then raymond was like yeah i saw you and i threw a rock at your ass because i hated your daddy <laughs> and i, I, I was kind of like that I was like, that energy, keep that. <laughs> I, I also like, when I heard it, I went back and imagined it again. I was like, I want to see that. Just yeah. Like, Give us that flashback. Yes. A little bit right. more. We need a little bit more to make it all feel. Brick at his ass. His home wrecking ass. I just. Yeah. There was just. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, just, I didn't know what I was supposed to feel. Like, I didn't know at any point. I didn't even even when even the uh, the flashback. I know I'm supposed to be sad, right? I guess. Right, right. But right. I wasn't. Yeah. It's sepia tone. Right. <laughs> that's what. That's well, how I, you know you're supposed to be sad. In that's a how you know you're supposed to cry. Yeah. But I just, I just the music was like, swells. oh, this yeah. sucks. The music sucks. Oh, she's gonna die. Oh, like I mean, I don't know. Like, what yeah. are we supposed to do now? Well, I think I think the issue that we're having is that we're black, and this movie was not made for That's us. True. And so yeah. we are trying to decipher something that is uh, maybe not that meant for us. I so would have saying, kept like, her alive. A- I would have kept her alive and have them just have taken the baby, and then he yeah. she's a auntie is his mom. Like yes, that's what I would have done. That would have made all of this yeah. make a little bit more sense to me. Right. Oh, like the twist be auntie is the mom. Yes. And they both well, find because, out yeah, that their mom it, did not die. It's auntie. Yeah, in Stakes. this in this telling, like the the family that has to do all the emotional labor and healing is Raymond's family, is the black not family, Earl's family. They mm-hmm. don't have to suffer any consequences or anything they other than Earl by losing their family member. Right. You know, Earl sleeps outside again by by choice because he's a dumbass not because anybody forced him to do no one told you to sleep under a bridge my nigga no Uh, one told you to do that well he spent all his money somewhere yeah he spent all his money at the 50th Um, birthday party oh all right well if that's what he did shout out to those black people getting drinks out of him i guess if he's gonna be taking up our space then yeah (laughs) well out of his wife his wife wired him that money that's her money yeah. And she and she's at home just like. And what does she? What 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 did he tell her? What how, what does she think guess, was going on? I'm here in Chicago he... in nigga town, <laughs> and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Send I gotta money. find me a motel. <laughs> uh, she's she's. she's Pull out of the map. Where is nigger town? Okay. <laughs> Pull out the Ram McNally. Just outside of uh, Oklahoma. Nigger town down here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> is there a Western Union in Nigger Town? Or kind of... <laughs> and that's another thing. He kept, he kept hey, right? just leaving. Yeah. Over he he would have. And then he'd hear over here something else. Then he'd leave. I'm like, like well, Virgil didn't would've... want you there. So Virgil was a knucklehead. Yeah. Sure. He, he, Virgil he, was he like, was "That's vir- my couch." He was virgin on the boy. <laughs> Nobody sleeps on that couch, but me. but me. Very I, possessive of that couch. Put my and butt groove mean, in that couch. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> when when the girls came over and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like 
what are we going to do? Like, I'm going to have my daughters over here. Like, he's got to get this man out of here. Where's he going to sleep? And it's like, well, one, you slept in the bathtub. But two, like, just the idea that, like, the floor is somehow, when you don't have a place to go. The floor is lava. You, you're not, a, yeah, you're not above the floor, my guy. Like, right. get some get some mats out, get right. some pillows out. You just got to, <laughs> you know, suck it up. You made this choice. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. You living in a house with a bunch of people in the latter years of their life, and you can't find, like, a decent bed in the house, bro? Yeah. I mean, whatever money you putting in, like, get a, I mean, it's 1996, air mattresses exist, like, you can get some Oof. kind of sleeping bag situation, my guy, or get, like, a... I want to tell you how to live. They got a cot. They had a cot for Yeah, for they Earl. had a cot, that's right. Yeah, they had a so, cot. So, wait, he didn't even want to pull out the cot? He was like, I'll rather well, sleep in the tub than the cot, or next to my uncle, my father, my maybe, guy, sorry. I mean, I guess, you know, in that instance, it's probably Aunt T's couch, so he can't like you know and there was there wasn't plastic on it um but he <laughs> wasn't a nice couch it could have yeah. been anybody <laughs> well that's why you gotta you gotta put you know put put some money in whatever money you're putting you in you assume he's work. paying rent he's got to be paying rent you know what i mean you go to work uh, and child support allegedly but not saying but, i know from experience i'm just saying like he yeah I've seen well, these brothers on twitter yeah, it's well, I mean, that's a whole other. dollars a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's let's get into what this movie got across all the different aggregate streaming server uh, streaming platforms as we play our favorite game, going around the IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Amazon to check in on what a family thing currently has. So, uh, Bossy, starting with IMDb, and this is out of ten on a point system, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think a family thing currently has? I'm gonna say six point five. Cameron, what do you think? It's fair. It's like a nice move. It's like a nice, cute movie. So I, f- I feel like yeah. you're actually onto something there. Um, but I'm. I uh, think white people will, will like it a lot. Y- oh yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five point five because I don't know if they liked it that. Five point five, uh, seven, solid seven oh. out of three three point eight thousand reviews. Um, they a seven. I almost said seven. <laughs> almost said seven. <laughs> um, mm. I, you know, I think you you touched on it exactly. Is that white people? What what white people love, and this is what we found. <laughs> through these movies is they love (laughs) they love redemption Mm -hmm. and acceptance right they love the idea of doing minimal work and reaping maximum reward right and so like it's it's a very much one of these movies where it's just like and and he right robert duvall uh made the the room in his heart for this other part of his family and brought them in and like he changed i guess you know in the vegas sense and now he's got now he's got a black family <laughs> and you could do? too if you suddenly find out that you're part black Terrible. for some reason you know so it's 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 one of these movies that i think a lot of people even you know like that white woman that i i watch interviews from sometime describes it as a nice movie 
It's a nice, you know, and it's one of the, you, you feel good after watching it. Feel, it good feel good after, you know, seeing it. And that's kind of really, I think, all it's intended it's to a very, do. It's a very black square, black square movie. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's a, mm. yeah, it's a very black square movie. That one's not, very black square, yes. <laughs> Moving over to Rotten Tomatoes, a family thing. What do you think it has out of 100%? You said it was seven uh so okay I'm, I'm gonna stick with the c now that we we've established that white people like it so i'm gonna give it a 70 i'm gonna give it a 73 percent. 73 okay cameron what do you think critics are a little crueler so i might say like 62 73 percent, right on the money Woo! Uh, <laughs> why am i getting this i don't know <laughs> why am i good at this you know the vibes. Yeah. Our favorite Roger Ebert says, as it is, it's a superior entertainment, warm-hearted and touching with some nice shadings in the performances. Roger Ebert? Um, really? Roger Ebert. Married to a black woman. Yeah. Uh, did Chaz say that? <laughs> did, did Chaz let that one go? Oh, Robert. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, he was a softie so, sometimes. 73% critic score out of 22 reviews and 70 73% uh, critic score, 72% audience score. Really? So it's just um, strong C. Strong they C. love it. Yeah. And boy, I've seen a couple of different um, posters for this. But like this one that I'm looking at now on the Rotten Tomatoes, where it's just like the full family, like Raymond, Virgil, his kids, yeah, their mother, yeah. uh, uh, auntie. And then Robert Duvall's has just <laughs> standing there looking... Like, you know, one of these things, not like the other. Um, and so going over to our absolute favorite, Amazon.com. What do you think a family thing has um, out of five stars? Out of five stars? I'm going to stick with the with the mid. Uh, yeah. I'll give it a 3.5. Three and a half stars. Okay. This this movie somehow had a beginning, a middle, and an end. I want to say five stars. <laughs> now, here's where it gets a bit tricky. Because normally what happens is these movies are like combined into one, whether it's the streaming or the DVD. But for some reason, mm -hmm. this has both. So there's, there's two separate ones. So when you look at the streaming option, it's got 4.6 out of 5. 85% five-star ratings, and that's 154 reviews. Uh, yeah. When you look at the DVD, it's got 4.8 out of 5. It's got more. <laughs> 278 reviews. Stop. 84% uh, five stars. Re I refuse so, it. So hold on. <laughs> so... Hold on. So the streaming <laughs> means that people recently watched it and still gave it high scores. Mm -hmm. Because at least with the DVD, yeah. I'd be like, oh, you watched Lord, it in 1997 and you really enjoyed it. But streamers, you watched it recently. Wow. From October 1st, 2022. <laughs> More truth to this than many white folk know. I come from a very mixed family, English, Irish, black, and so forth. And I know for a fact that I have kin I've never met and most likely ever will. But, but, but I can say, <laughs> there's three buts, I can see. I could see this happening to so many people who just don't want to lay their feelings down and realize it is what it is, and you can make the best of it, no matter what it is. We all bleed red, 
We all breathe the same air, eat the same foods, drink the same drinks, produce babies the same way, and so on. The same hopes and aspirations for each of us. Watch this movie. You will enjoy it with James Earl Jones in it. It's fantastic. And Did Robert Duvall write that? We all... <laughs> he produced this movie so maybe he did <laughs> wow that was that was a hands across america ad what the fuck was we that all make sure it was. the same way grow up we all, i know we what do you the think? same I'm way mad. stay off amazon stay off stay off the chat well it's time for us to rank this movie in our caucasity ranking scale so basically we've got three levels of caucasity we rank these movies on and the first level is shorts in the winter uh you <laughs> being here with us in the dmv you know that it's it's happening i'm seeing it like it is it's, it's turned into an anthropological study where i'm in real time just taking notes of how many in a day um and today it was like legit like this was the coldest day it's been here in baltimore thus far it was like 42 the high with a low of like 30 something and like shorts skirts like the whole you know legs <laughs> legs out legs out. And, um, what this level basically means is that this isn't hurting me but it is a curiosity i'm not quite sure why you made this choice uh maybe to prove a point of some kind but you know not really coming across in any real discernible way you know live your life but like just mm-hmm. leave me out of it more or less um cameron what's the second level uh, the second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. <laughs> so now you, you know this movie ain't ask. This movie probably knuckle deep already in your hair before it, you even turned around. You know, it, it, what we're saying is this movie is a, a violence, a light mm. violence, but it's a violence mm. against us at this point. Um, and apropos of this film, the third level. <laughs> Is Carrie Lake the black one? <laughs> what, the, what the hell? Come on. Who? Ooh, I mean, it's not. We have. We don't have hard facts yet. But we do. <laughs> we do have pictures. Eyes. Eyes. We've seen. We've seen multiple images throughout just these last couple of days that look very strongly to point towards this. Not not just, I mean, you know, how many percentages is it? Is she half? Is she mixed? Is there more to it that we don't know? I don't know. But if you don't know, Carrie Lake, uh, very racist. Uh, uh, Overcompensating. Yeah. 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 Uh, who for was what? Running for I, governor. We all wonder. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Arizona. And like when you when you listen to her talk and you look at what she's got going on, you're just like, not not for me uh she lost uh beat her out but it was like the things that she was saying and the way that she was moving would lead one to believe right she's not a black woman but (laughs) we've seen we've seen the receipts and now it's it's looking very likely but all that to say the third level is this is intentional you meant to do this you know what you're doing you have every reason to uh you know not not or you, you if there was any you know wiggle room of you not like doing this on purpose it's it's not evident right because <laughs> like you came through guns blazing maga hat on tight you know Hard R. Conf- confederate flag yeah and like it, it was it was all there for us to see no shame right so of those three levels what do you think 
a family thing stands? Um, I think it is shorts in the winter in nigger town. Mm. <laughs> so I feel like that's like in between one yeah. and two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I love it. Cameron, what do you think? I have to agree. I have to agree. It's we're nigger town population, us. Mm. <laughs> we're seeing some shorts. We're seeing some short sleeves shirts. All kinds yeah. of confusion. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to process so many things from this movie. I, I don't know if I'll ever get over Robert Duvall's delivery of blue eyed nigger. I'll never forget that. That's got to go on a shirt. If we do do merch. That's got to be a shirt. There's no way around it. Or nigger town. I don't know. Or nigger town with a map. (laughs) Yes. I think I. I think I'll. I think I'll. I'll throw in with you, you guys, on this one, just because, like, ultimately, it is nothing, right? And it's not a movie that went on to like much acclaim, won Mm. awards. You know, it's a storied part of either of these actors, you know, careers. It's just kind of a thing that they did in the 90s and people more or less enjoyed it. White people, I guess, at least. But, um, you know, like it's not an affront, but a black woman was raped and died. And I feel like that's I I got to at least go. I'm 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 like on the outskirts of nigger town. You know what I mean? Like I'm just (laughs) I could see it. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just within... across the river. Yeah. Um, hey, you know it's a but... sundown town. You can't even be here. You're not oh. even be here. <laughs> Yo, the, the town in Arkansas. What if that's a sun? That's the story. That's the. That's we need I to wanna... I want to know if he's safe. I want to see. I just want to see if he's safe. At the I end of this know. part. I mean, that's the that's the unspoken like, and then Raymond comes up. <laughs> Uh, cause that's, that's a very, and it seems like he took off without like any notice, right? Didn't yeah. call in for, to the job, didn't tell his family, just no, like, in the car. Just, just the same way. Like, you know what? Yeah. Like, you know, so, I mean, if he does if, go missing, then. You know, in the beginning when he, uh, oh my God, he, he goes missing. <laughs> nobody knows. There's no cell phones. There's no yeah. find my phone. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, but I was thinking. I low-key think that in the beginning when he locks that guy from Wisconsin or mm, wherever yeah. he said he was, I feel like they rewrote that and it was supposed to be a black person. Mm, maybe, mm. That's what, maybe that's Billy Bob Thornton's writing credit. That's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I feel. Because like, it doesn't make any sense. Yet. But it, you said what? He said, I can't be too racist <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> We're getting there. I'm going to ease him in. I got to ease him in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, that whole scene was so bizarre. Yeah. One, because, like, now he's in your store with all your things. <laughs> so, I, you know, and could easily just, like, break a window and leave. Break and, a window, call the cops. You know I mean? Like, and then like, you gotta come back the out from wherever you went away. Yeah. And he was like, I'm locking it. You have, you know, I'm I'm locking it now. But he was locking it as he was telling them. So even if he was like yeah. going to leave, you'd already locked and walked away. Correct. Like, yeah. What was the character development there? What were we supposed to learn him. about Earl in this moment? <laughs> He's not a, a smart man. Like, 
<laughs> also, very, very briefly, before we wrap up here, I just like the scene where they're fighting outside on the grass and the black woman calls across from the street, do you want me to call the cops in Chicago? In Chicago. Come no. On. <laughs> Come on. No, 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 no. Right? Like, no. No thanks. Like, no, nobody's doing all. that. That woman's not doing that. Not even, like... I mean, again, because it just it's it strikes me from a seemingly she doesn't know Raymond. <laughs> That's a strange you know white I mean? man in your neighborhood. Yeah, you know, like he's Raymond fighting somebody is, who you know, and Raymond is a police. Officer? He's a cop, <laughs> bro. It, the whole uh, just, no. so you know. I mean, I think there's the irony in that, and that's why he's laughing. But it's like also just a bizarre, it's dumb, like. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> they did uh, that. It, it felt honestly because that moment's in the trailer, but it felt like they did that for the trailer. You know, I guess because so, it's yeah. like the one moment of like silly action in the whole movie, but the rest yeah. of it is just yeah. like what's the worst like reimagining of the they live fight? Because it went on for like it too is long. it's the they live fight, but it's like condensed and they're old. Yeah, I mean, this movie is low-key, like, the odd couple, but what if one of them was your black related. brother? <laughs> yeah, your, your opposite yeah, I needed <laughs> need so many more states, because the more I think about it, the more I'm like, they could have had a road trip, it could have been Green Book, he couldn't stay, like, there's all sorts of things yeah. that they wanted us to get something from this movie. Right. There was a joke that Earl told that... I wasn't sure. I mean, I'm, I I know it was a joke because it was delivered as a joke. The one where he was like, "I had a, I was going to be an athlete, but I was too slow and yeah. small." Do you remember that joke? Yeah. And it was like pointedly a joke, but it was like it wasn't funny and nobody laughed. Like, why are we doing oh, this? All of them laughed. Every that was they. they oh, did they laugh? To, they they cut around to everybody chuckle. and they were yeah. chucking it up. Oh, yeah. that was the moment where they. Bonded. When his heart grew three sizes. Oh. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes. You know. yes. How, oh, okay. I, I, well, I didn't touch on this very briefly. How bizarre does it have to be? Oh. No, if you're Virgil's spouse and you come to bring your kids yeah. to see him, and there is a random white man who no nobody expl- she doesn't know nobody. But there's he no goes explanation. On his picnic with y'all. Yeah, he's just there. And Wearing no, a she... big, big uh, <laughs> uh, Chicago PD shirt that he got from <laughs> And you're just sitting there next to him, and he's just, like, in on your conversations, eating your food, just yep. like, All here he is, it. you know, and you just have to accept this because nobody's going to talk about it. And let but, your daughters like, go off with them. Yeah. Yeah. But that was the part where I was just like... What? Hold that strange man's <laughs> hand. Let him walk you away by the river. Oh my god! Masi, uh, thank you so much for for coming on. And oh, talking thank with you. Us. This was fun. Was I had a lot. Yeah. Was a lot of fun. We uh, this is the part of the show where we normally ask guests to recommend the movie, um, or you know, just something in general. It doesn't have to be in the same vein as the one that we watched, but just something that you think our viewers would enjoy, and something just to watch instead. Of, a movie uh, or yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be a show. It could be. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be what? How could you spend an hour and forty nine minutes? That's not a family thing. 
I am, I already said it, Atlanta. If you haven't watched this, if you watch nothing else, watch mm. the series finale of Atlanta. It is gorgeous television. It is black. It is beautiful. <laughs> Robert Duvall's not in it. That's right. Um, it is powerful. It, it's one of the best, one of the best half hours of television I've ever seen. Yeah. best episodes of television I've ever seen. If you haven't watched, watch the, the series finale, then go back and watch the rest of the series. Yeah. We gotta, a, we gotta do a, a, we gotta do a recap camera. We definitely soon. gotta do a recap. Oh. Did you guys watch? I haven't seen the last episode yet. Oh, oh my God. I, got, I, I just have one question can. you should go into it with. Okay. How many seasons of Homeboys in Outer Space were there? That's all you need. They, it never happened. Right? I mean, there was like one episode. Just, just keep maybe... it in mind. That's all okay. I'm saying. Just keep all it right. in mind. Yeah, just keep it right, in mind. All right. Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> what would you recommend people watch instead? Um, uh, I'd actually recommend. Th- so there's another family movie. It's a good family movie with James mm-hmm. Earl Jones. Uh, Claudine. Mm-hmm. Uh, classic. Yeah, a classic. Recently entered into the Criterion Collection. So physical media always. Yeah. Uh, go out there and cop a copy of Claudine. Yeah, sit down and have a good time with James Earl Jones. With James Earl Jones (laughs) and Diane Carroll trying to make it up out of out of the streets of Harlem in nineteen in the nineteen seventies. What first uh, first black nominee for Mm -hmm. uh, uh, best actress Diane Mm -hmm. Carroll? So definitely worth your time. Yeah. I will recommend another movie that just recently got put into the Criterion Collection. It's not out yet, but you can still watch it, and then you can get it when it comes out in February. Obviously, Hollywood Shuffle, one of our you know namesakes. Uh, yeah, Touchstones. you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta get up on it if you haven't seen it yet. Like it is a, a foundational classic. Yeah, uh, Robert Townsend did something that is sadly still very relevant <laughs> today you know mm-hmm. just in terms of what it means to be black and in hollywood and and how not only we are depicted but like what it is to just try to exist in that space and to show you know us in that space mm-hmm. and how it's it's a constant battle and struggle and so you know i'm very much so looking forward to whatever extras i hope I hope it's the official, you know how like they'll have the signs, you know, like the yep. director. I hope the Robert Townsend, approved. like, yeah, I hope he does like, you know, as much commentary and there's behind the scenes. I want all and I the get, stories. You know, really, you know, because I really want to know not only just the makings of it, but like reflecting now all these years later about that movie and kind of mm-hmm. how he's he's viewing Hollywood today yeah. would be great. Shout um, out Criterion for getting blacker. I know. They well they they you know, somebody put the foot on their neck and they said, All right, <laughs> y'all got it. I you want this so. Melvin Van Peebles? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, well, Bossy, tell everybody where we can find you, where we can look for you, um, where you're gonna move when Twitter eventually <laughs> goes goes away. Uh, when Twitter things. eventually goes down, I'm going to be the most prolific human being. That's right. <laughs> in the world, because all of the jokes, all of the thoughts will go someplace else mm-hmm. and might get published. Into our um, work, yes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm at Bossy World everywhere. Uh, I don't post that much on Instagram unless I have like a, 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 a speaking gig out of town. And I'll yeah. post my outfit because I'm just that girl. Gotcha. Um, lit, lit. 
and uh, I, I tweet a bunch of jokes and and random thoughts and stuff on Twitter. Nice. For sure. Uh, Cameron, what about you? Uh, you can find me at TheBlipster1138 on IG and Twitter as long as we're around. Uh, hey, <laughs> About another hour or two. Yeah, for yeah. another hour. Look for <laughs> hey, if you got a Tumblr, I'm just theblipster.tumblr.com. I'm hey. still there. Um, <laughs> still there. I might, I might post something tonight. Fuck it up. Uh, <laughs> I might repost some Dragon Ball Z gif. Who knows? Who there knows what's go. going on there? Um, but yeah, follow me for the jokes. Uh, got some projects in the cooker, so still can't talk, but yep. still cooking. Let's cook it. Uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrsosa18, jrsosa18. I don't remember my MySpace password. I might have to <laughs> see. <laughs> Tom seemed cool. He seemed like <laughs> your friend, you know. I yeah. might have to go check in and see what he's doing. I'm going to show uh, my age. Find me on Friendster. Hey, you know. Chat roulette. Yeah. Black <laughs> Planet. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out something. But... We're going to find some place. <laughs> There's a place for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to check out some comic stuff I got going on, uh, the DC Power Anthology from DC Comics is coming out January 31st uh, of next year. And then next month, I'll have some stuff coming out from Dynamite Comics, Red Sonja, Hell Sonja. That'll be dropping beginning of December. And then more comic stuff coming in the future. Um, if you want to reach out to us on Twitter, white underscore pod. Again, we still gotta we gotta figure that out. Like, who knows? We might yeah, go to Tumblr too. Who knows? We it's might all we go, might baby. go to Tumblr. You know what I mean? We'll we'll figure something out. Uh, but you can reach us there for now. You can also reach us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, review all that good stuff on wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week with more Caucasity. Peace. Peace.